can't believe that you haven't seen it. Love it so much you really gotta stream it. Let me tell you every line right now. I can quote the whole thing since I was 12. Maybe your mom told you no. She said she wouldn't give you Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Jane Sarah Hammer. And before we get into the episode, I want to let you know, if you want to keep tabs on us between apps, you've heard me say it before, if this isn't your first time, and if this is your first time, then you're going to hear me say it now for the first time. Mm. Follow us on Instagram on Facebook, mm-hmm. on threads, mm-hmm. at Movies We Missed. Mm. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of conversations <laughs> happening. We are a legendary account. We're obviously, mm-hmm. we're occupying the movie podcast space, but a lot of people out there are probably familiar with our philanthropic work. Barely got the mm-hmm. word out. But we do a mm-hmm. lot of the work. You know, it's not about the words. But we right. do a lot of that work in the community. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we do a lot of other stuff too. You're going to find us out there uh, we do a lot of barbecues in the parks and mm. stuff. You're mm. going to see us out in the summertime. Um, we'd sponsor a roller rink, uh, uh, roller rink mania. We do something downtown there. Uh, we're around. We're in the community. We've got our finger on the pulse of what's mm. going on. And uh, yeah, we're just happy to be here with you today. Keep tabs on us on socials. Jane, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm really looking forward to our next roller rink mania. Oh, I'd love God, to. I'm so excited. I'd love to sort of go over what's in store for that because I know we're in planning mode right now. Oh. And so it'd be good to sort of talk that out while we're here and sort of use this not only as a recording session, but also it's sort of like killing two birds with a stone, like a planning session and also recording the podcast because I think our listeners would want to know sort of how the sausage gets made, as they say. So, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, for sure. So I, everybody already knows if you listen to any of our, we have a lot of episodes on the Fast and the Furious from that franchise. A lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have a lot of episodes on that because I'm a big mm-hmm. gearhead. I love getting behind the the wheels of a hog and just like mm-hmm. getting on the Lakeshore Drive and just mm-hmm. popping willies and just like mm-hmm. you know stop and drop and shutting them down, open up shop. I do I do all that shit. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love torque. Uh, I love of like course. I love the type of like the type of fuel that I use in my vehicles is illegal to use in certain parts of the U S so like I have to get my shit from overseas. So like, I love Mm. taking the kids out um, either on like my Harley or like one of my like uh, Viper machines. And then I also, so I like that. And then I also, I love just like, I'm going to have my cars probably I'll bring them out on the ice rink uh, and just sort of, do oh, some you want to do an ice rink? I was thinking. I I thought it was just going to be roller skating. You want to do ice skating? There's going to be a part where I at least bring it out for a little while. Um, I'm probably going to hop on a zamboni at some point and just uh, do some crazy stuff. I'll probably have Jane hop on the hood of the uh, the zamboni and just twerk while I just drive it around. Um, you'll grab onto the little windshield with your hands and, sort of and you'll just drop do it. my thing. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's something yeah. people would want to see. And do you, uh, like, before we move on, I just want to know, yeah. like, do we have any, I know we were sort of talking earlier about special guests that might show up. Um, and I'm wondering if you have anybody confirmed. And then we'll, we were... and then we'll finish up this quick planning session and sort of get to the movie. But I would love to know 
um who you have because because you were talking a big game earlier so i want to know sort of <laughs> it's not a big game actually this is actually small oh. fish uh, compared to some of the oh. bigger things that i've got planned for us to do okay um, i do i have been in talks with mm-hmm. um comedian gallagher's son um about coming out to one of the events and just like doing oh. some of his stuff in honor of his dad he's gonna get the mallet he's gonna get the watermelon okay he's gonna continue okay. the legacy um sherry lewis sherry lewis's daughter is continuing her mother's legacy lamb chops we all remember okay. lamb chops they're she's gonna probably doing, come out and make a quick i know she's doing a big on tiktok right now i don't know if you've she seen is. her but yeah she is mm-hmm. that clock's gonna be tiktoking away once these tickets go on sale i don't want you mm. you guys to miss out because you're waiting too too yeah. long so those are two people that are confirmed ish that mm-hmm. i'm really excited to um sort of get out there in front of the 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 people again uh i'm talking to Bogoyevich's people hey <laughs> Hey, Chicago's own. Don't you know? Um, for those yeah. non-locals, Blagojevich is sort of a disgraced Chicago politician who spent some time in jail for trying to Dis- sell Obama. Okay. Yeah, does it, yeah, depending on how you think of it. He tried to sell um when Obama became president, he tried to um sell Obama's Senate seat. So that's sort of an interesting um person you got in your inner circle. And I'd love yeah. to know sort mm-hmm. of again, we'll make this quick, we'll move on. I know Dave is probably anxious to get us start tar- talking about the movie because uh you know that's what we're here for. But I'd love to know what charity this is benefiting and like um where the funds that we're raising are going from this wrinkle rinker rolla arama whatever it was called yeah they're gonna be going to a couple of different uh, places the thing okay. is the main thing that i've run into I'm yeah be, why are you laughing because well i'm laughing because it's really funny because all the materials that you've shown me so far they have a barcode or like a a qr code and when you scan it it goes directly to your personal venmo so i'm I'm just curious that was probably you're taking the funds and you're putting them somewhere else is that the case if you if that happened then that's because you got some april fool's stuff that probably wasn't supposed to be rolled out for another month or so um, okay. Just some okay. guides and stuff. That's not going I'm to my account. Sure. I don't need it. I, I'm okay. I'm independently wealthy. No, this is going to be going to a lot of like local charities um in the area. There's a lot okay. of stuff going okay. on with, with different like organizations. I'd love, I'd love like one, just one name if you want to give it to us. Yeah, I do charity. a lot of stuff with um laces for leagues. We provide shoelaces okay. for um because a lot of times people will provide like uniforms and stuff for uh actress after school activities, extracurricular things like mm-hmm. that. They provide shoes, but a lot of times, and this is a thing that they're not gonna tell you, they don't provide laces. So what? I'm buying a lot of laces. I'm also buying some lace front wigs for some of the um for some of the other like the moms and some of the, the players and stuff. So we don't want them, you know, we don't we want everybody to be included. So we're doing a lot of stuff. It's we're really lace lace forward right now. Lace That's forward. Really... So you're doing shoelaces and lace front wigs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And there's a and there's a chair. It's called leagues for laces or what is yeah, it? Absolutely. Called? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, and just so you know, yeah. it's legit. I want our listeners to know it's legit and their money's going to a good place. We're fundraising for a good thing. And I just one more thing I want to say, and then we're going to yeah. move into the episode. There's also okay. a little birdie told me um, mm-hmm. that there may be were some fireworks that aren't exactly um, maybe kosher as far as like the government's Street concerned. Legal. Um, that we may be getting our hands on. And so some of the kids may be oh. able to just sort of like play around with some of those. Oh, so you're bringing um, illegal fireworks to children and giving them like a lighter and saying like, in a closed 
um, roller rink area and saying, why don't you light these off and see if what we can happens, get that roof or... opened up then that would really be ideal but we okay. have the roller ring space so we'll but see it's, it's not a requirement it's firecracker roulette is what it is and you let okay. the kid and whoever holds it for the longest after they light you know mm. mm-hmm. after they light it whoever's brave enough to hold it for the longest time ends up I winning see. We're a sweet prize a okay sweet prize a sweet so, prize yeah. is is that like a biometric hand like no 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 it's okay. not gonna go that bad you're gonna be twerking on that zamboni you you don't need to worry okay, about so it so i'm not you know what i'm not worried this is your thing i'm just here to support so and you know speaking of things that aren't exactly on the up and up um i'm gonna go ahead and uh move us into the movie for this week uh yes it was a film uh this is one of jane's favorite films and she really no, wanted to this watch is- my first time seeing it. Oh, Brandon's choice. I want to make this very clear to listeners. Here we go. This is Brandon Greenhouse's choice. Here we I go. did not choose this movie. <laughs> and please, to be fair please. for our listeners, also, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to talk about it. I had did not know what this was. Yeah, uh, at all. I'd never Neither heard of this of us movie knew before. What we were getting into. I heard. I saw like a three sentence like synopsis of it, and I was like, I gotta see it. And you all know when it's when it's one like this, I like to watch it for the first time uh, and talk about it with all of you, our lovely uh, MWM family out there. So mm-hmm. we this week watch 1986's Soul Man <laughs> and I have a synopsis and I'm going to sort of like get the ball rolling. Um, Please. OK, so I'm going to go ahead and yeah. pull it up right now. Whew. All right, here we go. Bums go away. for it. <laughs> When recent UCLA grad Mark Watson gets into Harvard Law, he is elated. Not only has he been admitted, but his best friend Gordon will also be a part of the incoming cohort. Mark is on top of the world, that is, until his father informs him that he will be taking the funds allocated for Mark's grad school education and spending them on a timeshare in Bermuda. This leaves Mark and his plans of attending Harvard Law all but squashed. Now, he doesn't have the funds, and there's no way that he can swing living expenses in my co-host Jane's elite and very exclusive hometown of Cambridge, Massachusetts, without some financial assistance. What will he do? Probably take a deferred admission while he gets his funds in order and attend next year? Or maybe just get a student loan like some people do? Or he could get a part-time job? Or he could don blackface and get a scholarship reserved for a black student? Wait, what? That last suggestion was fucking insane. What am I saying? Oh. Oh, that's actually the one he picks. That's the winner, the the blackface one. Oh, okay. So, so just so we're all up to speed, he really wanted to avoid those student loans. Mark quickly slips into a disguise of blackface, and I do mean quickly. I mean, baby boy must have had the shoeshine kit under his bed at the ready. This is how you do it, Felicity and Lori. Take notes. Now, you already know what happens next. He obtains a scholarship reserved for an African-American student, a scholarship that apparently covers the entire tuition of one of the most expensive universities in the U.S. Got it. Mark leaves behind sunny Los Angeles and heads to Beantown. And of course, Mark experiences racism. But don't worry, it's all clumsily couched in 1980s hijinks and sloppy shenanigans, so the intended white audiences wouldn't get too uncomfortable. I mean, it's giving what white people think being black is like, and the moments of discrimination have all of the bite of a special episode of Saved by the Bell. Mark is never really acquainted with the harsh realities of life for black students at elite universities. This movie seems to aim at just posing provocative questions while being wholly ill-equipped to truly grapple with their complicated answers. Oh, Mark also falls for a fellow student named Sarah, who is, of course, you guessed it, black. 
and also completely unaware of the fact that she is quite literally dating a minstrel show performer. This movie has it all. And by it all, I mean nothing to offer society, but plenty for us to discuss on this podcast. This is 1986's Soul Man. Woo! Wow. That was a doozy. You broke it down perfectly. And there was a lot going all, on. Well, hearing it all read back to me, too, is like unfucking believable. <laughs> like, I saw it and I watched it, but it's like, I still cannot fucking believe, even in 1986, we we said, yeah, this is the one, go ahead. Production should it's, absolutely move forward on this one. It's crazy. And it's also like, we can, we'll get into it in a second. So yeah, I'm going to hit yeah. you with the quick stats. So this movie was released <laughs> okay. on October 24th, 1986, right in time for Halloween, apparently. Um, made for a budget so everybody of, get ready for your costume. <laughs> right. You know, there's a lot of fun parties a week later. Uh, a budget, uh, it had a budget of $4.5 and it made $35 million at the box office. So everybody wanted to see this monstrosity, apparently. Um, yeah, we normally divide our conversation up into like it's love it's and load. That's where we break down the movie. Um, this is probably going to be an interesting episode because I'm sure that like these categories are going to get a little bit conflated because yeah, uh, it was cringe. Uh, there are not that many nice things to say. Yeah, there really aren't. Um, so we'll start with our quote unquote like it's and, uh, we'll move forward from there. Uh, Jane as our watcher, Jane's always a watcher. Um, Mm. we don't, we don't shame around here. Um, of course but not. <laughs> what would you like to start us out um, with your first like? Yo, I mean, yes, I'm. This is actually one of the times where I'm really grateful for our setup where we have like a like it, love it and love it section just because it gives me a place to start. Because like I after watching the movie, I was like, how how do we even start? I had that moment movie. too when I watched it because I was like, because I really <laughs> honestly did not know what to expect. Yes, and me neither. I was kind of shocked. And uh, yeah, I I think we're just going to have to sort of, yeah, go for it. Dive in. So this is, again, like, I, I don't, these are not, none of these are like it points, but I'm going to start with my first one, which was a surprise, is that this movie had better intentions than I had expected. So not to absolve it of anything, but going into this movie, the only thing that I had heard about it was, hey, there is this movie where a white guy is in blackface for 90% of it and tries to pose as a black guy. And I thought this is going to be a horrifying comedy that we are going to have to sit through you know, just like I, in my mind, I thought of it as like a raunchy comedy. In reality, it's a movie that's trying to do something that it doesn't successfully do. And so the intentions are better than I expected. But again, not 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 well done. Yeah, that's the thing is that like you're right. I think it does have like it has better intentions than what the payoff is. Although I will say just out of curiosity, I looked into the entire creative team for this movie is white. Oh, like 100%. set designer, makeup artists, like, screenwriters, product producers, like they all white people trying to make a movie about the black experience. Right. It's, it, I would say it's unbelievable. That's a word that's actually not true. I use it a lot, but that's not unbelievable. That is how 
um that makes sense that makes absolute sense and it's it's believable but it's horrifying that we have an entire group of white people pushing this forward talking about the black experience based on i'm sure anecdotes they heard from people in their lives i mean it's really wild why you know and historically i mean in 1986 and even now today like people don't get to tell their own fucking stories and this is just another example of how wrong that can fucking go oh no for sure it's like yeah it makes absolutely like no sense that you would make a movie if you were attempting to do a movie that was going to explore what it meant like to look at like you know the black experience it's like how can you how can you deign to like make that movie without thinking about like the fact that like obviously you you need to you need to have the voices of like black people in order to like to like make a movie there's this book about like it's about like sort of like pro 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 slave ideologies from like the 19th century by this Mm -hmm. guy named doug jones and it's called the captive stage i believe and it's all about like minstrelsy and like white people performing minstrelsy and like one of the things that i think he's really trying to get at is just the fact that like minstrelsy was like a was actually quite prevalent in the north and like a lot of the Mm -hmm. like anti-racist like ideology that came out of uh that came out of like minstrelsy um was quite damning and like didn't move the culture forward at all and it's once again and a lot of the conversations are around the fact that, yeah right and a lot of the conversations <laughs> are around the fact that like it was whiteness being it was blackness being performed by white performers for white audiences so it's like you're in this sort of silo where like reflections of blackness are just sort of being sort of like passed back and forth and that's what this kind of like reminded me of because it's like how can you how can you have a movie like this and i saw that the producer steve tish apparently likened it to like tootsie the dustin hoffman film and basically said that he wanted this movie to do for like race what that movie did for like feminism and I was like, what? Like, first of all, what that's just a, talking about. First of all, Tootsie's not a perfect movie. It is a good film, but also like Tootsie is so much of a better film and so much better written yeah. than this movie is. Like, this just 100%. isn't it's just not a well-written film. It's not a smart 100%. film. It's it's it thinks that it's smarter than it is. Is the that's like the thing about this movie. It and is the like, thing that I'm frustrated was so frustrating about watching this movie is like who are we making it's like the who is this who are we making this for it's not a black audience it's absolutely no. not a black audience because they don't need white people to tell them what their experience is so what are you doing like what is the point of this did you is it to alert white people of the issues that black americans face but they don't have, really explore those issues. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like then, <laughs> yeah. Then, then have Black Americans make that movie. Like this is the thing where it's like, I can't understand. I can't follow the the logic on this one, and it's really, it's really confusing too. Because I read this interview of the um the person who plays Sarah. I'm so, so I Ray can't Chong. name. Yeah, Raydon Chong. Name. Yeah, it's a great name, yeah. and she uh, like i think it was like the 35th um anniversary or something and it was an interview where she was like i'm still incredibly proud of this movie i don't you shouldn't be. people have a problem with it and i was just like 
I can't believe, I mean, maybe it's like to sleep at night, she has to feel that way, but uh, it was very, very, very surprising. And again, I'm, you know, I am a white woman. I'm not going to sit here and tell a black woman how to think about this movie. Uh, but I just, it was very surprising to see that even 35, 35 years later, like her views hadn't really evolved on this, which is interesting. Yeah. She, yeah. She's, yeah. She really, and she's also like really like got it in for like Spike Lee. She feels mm-hmm. like Spike Lee was one of the people that basically came out and said, this movie is like, this is like a shitty movie and this shouldn't be made. He was right. Yeah. And she was like, <laughs> like and she's like, it derailed my career. It's like, no, this movie isn't good. And you need to know yeah. that. It's weird that 35 years later you can't look back on it. I also saw there were um uh I can't believe C C Patrick Howell. Is that his name? That's yeah, C Thomas uh, Howell. C. C. Thomas, Thomas Howell. Howell, yeah. Yeah. C Thomas Howell. I saw that he even was like, yeah, like he was talking about it. This movie was like this great thing. It's all about like how it was received and like the fact that people didn't get it. It's like it didn't, it didn't fly over our heads. It was a sloppy movie. It was made yeah. on a flimsy premise. All, the main thing you had was the premise, and you thought that it was right. gonna be provocative enough to carry and it's just not and it's a sweaty ass movie and it's got a sweaty ass plot it the plot is not good it's no it's wild it make well okay well you know what let's get let's get to your first like it point my first like it point was first of all, okay so my first like it point was the fact that like just like blast from the past the fact that tuition fees were ten thousand dollars that blew my mind for for harvard I mean, law school i was just like what the fuck like that's crazy. And it's obviously it's 38 years ago now, but like that is crazy. Well, crazy in what way? You're saying that's really high? No, I'm saying that's not high at all. Like thinking oh, about yeah, like yeah. 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 I mean, well, first of all, a couple it's of things. Seventy three thousand dollars now. That's how much ten thousand ten thousand. No, that's how much the, for an academic year. That's how much it costs now to go to at like, Harvard Law School. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so yeah, much I fucking mean, money. It's an insane amount of money. It's disproportionate. And, like, y- yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, I mean, the whole system. It makes no fucking sense. Like, how can you, that is, that is an average person's like, well, it's actually probably not an average no. person's salary. That's probably way higher than an average mm-hmm. person's salary. Like, what if you ha- like what if you are a one income ho- household and your child gets into Harvard Law or whatever like that the only choice is to go in into for your kid to go into massive amounts of debt to to yeah. go to the school it's wild it's so prohibitively like expensive that was just my first yeah. one which is a pretty simple one but i was just like damn um yeah, yeah. no what is your next me. like it jane okay again not a like it let's see um (laughs) he see thomas howell in blackface he looks insane insane he almost looks like grayish or green yes like what is this has i I, it was i mean it look if I, i i i can't find the words he looks wild and it's supposed to be the thing is is that like it's tanning pills that he takes but he just takes a bunch of them i've is are tanning pills a thing is that okay. real so do you know do you know martina big no who's martina that? big if you google her right now martina okay. big she is this woman who i know because she appeared on botched 
She was originally, she's like this German woman. She oh, is I've white. I've seen her before. Oh my God, she's, she's so scary looking. And she used to, at first she was doing like, when she first appeared on Bot, she was like this white Excuse woman with Excuse you. Excuse you. She changed her name in 2018 to Malika Ku- Kabwa? Kabwa? So I just oh, want to like okay. show her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put some respect on it. Um, yeah, this is giving Dolezal. Yeah, no, it's like, she, so she's this woman, if you look her up, in 2017, so first she appeared on Botched, and like, she was just this blonde woman who appeared on Botched, and she wanted them to make her like, breast bigger, and they, I think they were like, no, it's too dangerous. And then, like, in 2017, she started undergoing some sort of like, procedures that involve some sort of synthetic, like, hormone that stimulates uh, melanogenesis, and in and so it's like, I think it makes your skin darker. And so these injections that she started to give herself that was darkening her skin. And oh my God. Yeah. And then she like moved to Kenya and lived there with like tribes and everything. And like, and she, then she just started like going on like, like news shows and talking about she was a black woman now. And oh my God, I'm sorry. If you yeah. guys could like pull over and Google her, it's wild. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. So I was thinking of her when I first saw this. He looks yes. crazy. He is like green. Like he's he the weirdest fucking hue, which is like not that any like black makeup artist probably wanted to be part of this fucking nonsense. But no, like, of course not. It would have helped to have a black person on set. I also, first of all, there's no and there's like no positive like there's James Earl Jones, but James Earl Jones yes. is uh, who's icon goat somehow. Absolutely. Had, had some somehow got pay. wrapped up into this. I'm also like, I am not like. Look, everyone needs to book jobs and like yeah. any black actor who is in this movie, like you did what you had to do. You know what I mean? This is this is on the white community. <laughs> but my my point, my point really is just the, like yes. we have one image, which is James Earl Jones, who is an older black man. We have no positive images of young black men in the movie, which I think is really um telling about its intent. Like Absolutely. And we don't center the stories of any black person, which is also very telling. And that's the thing I will say. The thing about Tootsie is that Tootsie is about like, it, it is about the experience of like this man who starts dressing like a woman in order to get work. And then he learns lessons, but he's surrounded by like, he's surrounded by women. And that's how he mm-hmm. learns about himself. The only mm-hmm. real relationship that he has is with the Radon Chong character who is black. Um, mm-hmm. Funnily enough, do you know who Radon Chong's dad is? No. Last name. Chong. I have no idea. Tommy Chong of Cheech and Chong. (gasps) You are kidding me. Oh my God. That's amazing. So so it's just so, so it's so interesting that it's like, he's not, he's, his motivations are not pure is I guess my intent. And you could make the case that like, you've got the sage black man sort of like that he's learning from, but like, I think it's interesting that they didn't barely, like try and center the stories. Small interactions. Yeah. Barely. He's mm-hmm. barely there. They, they, they spent so little time actually like invested in like bringing in black performers. And so this is so, so the only real image of blackness and the dominant one that we get in this movie is just this person pretending to be black. So it's like, this isn't really that moment. And he doesn't like, he has some sort of sobering relationship with like any other men. And like his only relationship is with the black woman who he wants to have sex with. So 
it's absolutely so all of those reasons it's like yeah your your intent was not altruistic okay you thought that you had a good gag and exactly you did what you did and it's it's out here looking like martina big (laughs) yeah for real he looks crazy and also and this is one of my fucking it's the wig and they put this awful jerry curl wig on him he looks like uh, it looks like a clown wig that was like dyed black like that's what it looks like it's it's crazy and also yeah. like one of spike lee's main um arguments about the movie was after seeing clips of the movie because he didn't watch the entire thing apparently which was like a part of radon chong's like point was like he didn't see the whole movie it's like he, he didn't, didn't need to it's like yeah you only need to you only need to smell a turd sandwich to know what it is it's like <laughs> he didn't eat the whole shit sandwich so how can he know if it was gross okay girl um and, and one of his main arguments was the fact that he looks crazy and any black person and like you're in, it's insulting to think that, that this person would be walking around the color of a fucking teenage mutant Ninja turtle and that black <laughs> people are going to be like one of our own girl. Exactly. Get like, fucking real. Truly. It makes zero fucking sense. And he looks wild. And the fact that everyone is just like, yeah, this is what a normal human person looks like. And they've, it's it i mean it's beyond it's totally beyond it's also like if you saw this person you would be horrified because yeah. instantly you would be like that's a white person in blackface that's a white person in that's the thing <laughs> you first of all you'd start filming and then you'd put it on twitter and you'd be like make this person go viral <laughs> for oh being for doing blackface like come on one of my one of my next okay my next like it was that apparently yeah. the actor who um in this movie plays his um his best friend i can't believe his name ira gross who plays yes. his uh best friend in the movie gordon there's a scene where he meets him for the first time and he's like he's like jogging down the street like like he's talked about his plan like of what he's gonna do and his friend's kind of like you're crazy for this one rick and he's like <laughs> jogging down the street and he jogs by him and like his friend gets a little scared because it's black and yep. then he like realizes that it's his friend but like he doesn't at first and apparently the original scene that they cut because it was too racist was a scene where more the mark in blackface like approaches his friend and then his friend gets scared and thinks he's about to be mugged and then he decides to play a game on the white the gordon they're both white but you know gordon his friend by like making him think he's gonna get mugged and then he makes him sing swing low sweet chariot when he thinks he's about to be mugged and somebody was like no that's too far and then they're like (laughs) and then the editor was like people right like, and then the what? editor was like oh you mean the whole movie he's like no 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 no. everything else is thoughtful and like very considerate just that one just that one swing low sweet, char- sweet chariot moment that's gonna really i think confuse people and they're gonna miss the overall the overarching message of this film uh which is that white people like the audacity of white people knows no bounds and we want to make sure that we get that we get the heart of the film across fucking nonsense um what's your next like it jane Oh, <laughs> well, actually, we're going to talk to this about this one. So one of your like points, but it does the um the amount of money that he has to pay to go to um to go to law school does expose like the fucked up higher education system and how, you know, if you are not from a wealthy family, you are fucked. You are just truly fucked. Even if you do really well in school and study hard and get into the schools, the top brass schools you are still fucked because you can't pay for it and if you do take out student loans it ruins your life and um yeah there's no there's 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 nothing 
there's no equity in the education system. No, it's insanity. It's insanity. And also, so my next like it point, which is kind of tied to that, is just the fact that like I just didn't buy the central. I didn't buy the central problem of the movie. Like I didn't buy the fact. Of course we're, not. We're we see him, him and his friend. They're getting ready. They both just got into Harvard Law, which must mean that they at least have four even in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, they never say anything about them being legacies or anything like that. Although that could have been the case too, I guess. But there's a scene where we think he's going, he thinks he's going. And then like, he goes to his parents' house and his dad just nonchalantly is like, Oh, like I'm not paying for you to go to school. I'm and not even I'm buying a condo in the Bermuda. I'm just like investing in a timeshare in the, in the Bermuda in Bermuda. Sorry, not the Bermuda um, in Bermuda. <laughs> I was thinking of the Bermuda triangle. Um, scariest place in my childhood that mm. I never knew what it was, but people were always fucking going and disappearing when we were kids. Um, but I, I was just like, what? Like, this makes no sense at all. And also, like, I was like, you grew up in this rich community. There's got to be somebody you can borrow money from. Rich people always yes. have money, especially for something as altruistic like, as going to, like, Harvard. There's got to be, like, a, like Harvard Law. The, okay, so two of those things, it's like, either, like, I don't buy that your dad wouldn't be willing to pay for that because then he gets to brag about it to all his rich friends. So all these people care about Two, if I can wrap my head around the fact that your dad wouldn't pay for this, then some sort of rich uncle or aunt or something would step in and say, oh, I'll give you a loan. You know what I mean? Like, Or your dad tr- give you a loan, even if he's like, you have to pay this back. I'm not just right. giving this to you. Something That's These people ex- live in like yeah. this massive fucking mansion. It's like, so the only like discretionary money that you have is like this one little bit, this fund for my college. There's no other money in this like 20 room mansion that we live in. And also right. you, it's not even enough apparently for you to buy a condo in Bermuda. You just got to right. go in on a timeshare. Which ti- people like this aren't going in on fucking timeshares. No, even they're the buying 80s. condos. Yeah, it, it exactly. Made, it was like, what are you doing? Why was that what y'all decided to have him spend the money on? That just made no fucking sense to me. And yeah. it was so nonchalant. The mom is just sitting there. She doesn't say anything. Right. And the dad that is essentially. more believable. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe if I saw her pop a couple pills, I would have been like, all right, she's zooted. But like. <laughs> I just, it made no sense to me. And like, it mm-hmm. was just like, sorry, I know. Also, you wait until the last possible minute to tell him to where there's like, he has no recourse. Like, right. it's, I'm, I'm not saying there's no recourse to do blackface. I'm just saying his options are very <laughs> limited at this point when you find out that like, it's like he's, he's about to go to school. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, by the way, we're not paying for you to go. Even if you were like, we're just paying for your first semester or we're right. just paying for your first year or you're going to pay us anything would have made more sense than his dad literally just looking at him and being like, I'm not paying for you to go to school. His fucking feline jumpsuit. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. It just, it, it, it doesn't track. And <clears throat> I mean, maybe there are scenarios where this happens, but it was hard. It was, it was very hard for me to believe. If his dad, if his dad had had like an, a heart attack or something and died and then the lawyer's like, there's no money. Or, you know, you find out the account ran right. off with all the money. Something exactly. like that, I would have been like, okay. But, yeah. like, it was just a weird, like, directorial choice and script choice to me. Um, did you have any more like it, Jane? I mean, again, they're not like it's, but yes. <laughs> um, He, you know, it's interesting when he finally gets to law school and he's in blackface. It's like, he is playing a black man but still has the audacity of a white man he takes up 
he he takes up space and talks more than he should and it's really interesting to see like that there is no like even even when he's supposed to be learning his lessons he never overcorrects he's the audacity of a white man for the entire fucking movie do you know what i mean yes and it's no. it's it's really interesting because Again, if there was anybody else on set who would who is trying to clean up this, uh, as we said, shit sandwich, someone might say, hey, like, you need to learn from this experience and act differently because, you know, that's like how how people have to move through the world who've experienced something. You know what I mean? And it was just it was just interesting to know, truly. It actually this actually ties into my last point, which Mm -hmm. was just that, like. So he gets to this school and like he sees that there's a class being offered that we find out James Earl Jones is playing the professor who teaches this class. Him and his friend Gordon are walking around and they find out that there's a that there's a class that's being offered. Um, and he says, oh, I'm going to take that class. And Gordon says, because they've already talked about sort of like their trajectory and like the mm-hmm. classes they're going to take together and things like that. And Gordon's like, hey, we, we said we we're going to take that class next year. And he's like, no, but it's being taught by a brother. Like, meaning, like, I'm black and that class is being taught by that black man. So that trumps our plans of taking this class together. I'm going to take it now because I'm black. I'm going to get preferential treatment is basically what he's saying. And then he goes into the class and for the first several classes, he just makes like these like one liners, like whenever the professor calls on him. And sometimes even when the professor doesn't call him to answer like a question, he just Mm -hmm. throws out these weird like one liners. And he's doing, as Dave pointed out, his uh, uh, Anthony Michael Hall patois. Um, to his voice he's very much he's doing the uh, if you listen to our which you should our weird science episode there's a scene where um anthony michael hall's character is hanging out with a group of blues men and he decides to affect this like aave and it's just like it is this it's it's an uncomfortable scene moment and except (laughs) imagine a movie where that's happening a lot a lot more and you've got you've got our, our lead here. And so he's talking to him and like James Earl Jones's character will like ask him a question about like, you know, a precedent or like, you know, a law or jurisprudence or some shit. And he'll just like be like, you know, my man, you you know how we do where we come from. And it's like, what the, <laughs> when the fucking huggy bear is going on? Like, it makes no sense. And it's also like, so it's insulting for several reasons. So one, it's insulting because is that that's what you think it that's what you think the black experience is is that Mm -hmm. you think that the fact that you are black like supersedes like your the requirement that you have like any kind of knowledge of like a subject you thought that just by the grace of you being the only black person in this class that like james Earl jones was going to give you a free ride when just so you know and anybody out there who's curious, when you go into a classroom and the and the professor is black and you are mm-hmm. black and the only black person, it is the fucking opposite. They are mm-hmm. harder on you than they are on anybody else in that fucking class. And you better mm-hmm. believe it. And that has been my experience since I was in elementary school. Okay. So like that's not what's going down. Okay. They <laughs> challenge so you and they you push you so much harder. And it's crazy too because the elephant in the room is that you're still at fucking Harvard. Like, and you are coming into this classroom doing the fucking moonwalk and you think that that weird jerry curl wig that you have is going to somehow (laughs) like absolve you of having to you know have done the reading the night before it's just it's a crazy thing and it's like that's what you like that's what you as a white person 
thought about black people and the way that black, the interpersonal relationships of black people with other black people was that we somehow get passes from each other as we move mm-hmm. through the world. And I think that that's just very fucking insulting. And it wasn't something that was really interrogated in the movie, but I thought that was interesting that this person that this character thought that that was what it meant was that it was going to offer some sort of like cachet. And I think that like, you get moments of solidarity (laughs) sometimes when you occupy like predominantly white spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's more or less like, Hey, I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy. I'm not alone. Good to see Mm -hmm. another person who looks like me succeeding in the world. It's not so, but it's, but it doesn't come with some sort of like get out of jail free card. And I thought that was really interesting that he was like, I'm going to go to this class and I don't have to study because I'm black and he's black. And that's what this means. It's like, what the fuck? Well, it's like, tell me you're a white cishet man without (laughs) telling me you're a white cishet man. Like you expect like people who are marginalized to like, you know, who share like an element of their identity with you to like give you a free pass. No, your free pass is your whiteness. That has always been the thing that has gotten you to where you are. I'm sure it's the thing that got you into fucking Harvard Law School. But it also was but it also was funny because it was like, so you just didn't do any of the work. Like you thought that you being <laughs> yeah. black was gonna mean that you could literally do nothing and and then make it out of here with a degree. That's insane. That's, that's insane. And I also think like again to bring it back, it's like that's probably how he moves through the world as a white dude because I bet he if he has like male heterosexual professors that he can relate to those are the people who give each other passes oh for sure that's, the that's good old where, boy system exactly so that's probably what he was used to and thought that's the same thing here and and maybe that's what it was and it just wasn't really like interrogated in the film that that no, was how I he moved know. through what no you may be right maybe that car- maybe it, it was like I've moved through, there's been a lot of like nepotism in my life and I've moved through spaces and I've been given like affordances because I'm white. And so it must mm-hmm. be the, like translational in a certain way for other races. Um, but, but I thought I it was he really interrogated at that much. <laughs> no, nobody interrogated anything with this one. No, um, I don't think there's a lot of that. <laughs> did you have any more like it's that was my last one actually. Um, no, we can move on to love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your first love it, Jane? Again, <laughs> not even close to a love it. But the thing is, is that even if he gets through law school assuming this identity, he's going to have to fake this for his whole life because he's always going to run into people from law school throughout his whole career it's all about like connections and getting like you know there's a community of lawyers and people you know like you are going to have to live your entire adult life as a black man in order to have this remain true and to have your like not have your degree snatched from you you know what I mean? Like he didn't think this through. You can't just like be you can't just be black in law school and then immediately go back to your white life. Like that's doesn't work. <laughs> that's the thing. He also like this like I forget the name of the the scholarship that he wins, which is apparently the scholarship for black people that you, that covers your entire uh tuition at fucking and like room and board at fucking um cuz the whole thing was he had no money. He says it multiple yes. times. He has no money. He he goes and he tries to get like a loan, not a student loan, but he tries to get a loan from a bank and they're like you have no credit, you have nothing to offer us, did, like no collateral. No. Did student loans not exist in the 80s or something? They did. Okay, well, I don't understand what's happening then. Me neither. 
and and then and then like and then he sees a scholarship for black people he applies for it he gets it it's like an official thing and we see later on in the movie uh surprise surprise we get a we get an appearance from Joey Lee Dreyfus as a yuppie uh, she loved playing fucking yuppie in the 80s. That's that's what she was getting cast as. That was her. But, yeah, it's very um her uh, Christmas vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas yes. vacation. Yeah. Yeah, she plays um Lisa in the movie. And mm-hmm. we have like a scene where her and her boyfriend, who I think, I think Barky is her boyfriend. I think that's his name. Um, yeah, I didn't really Yeah, we have a scene where Lisa and Barky, because they're going to be you. With the, everybody was on the West Coast earlier, and then mm-hmm. they have a conversation where they're talking about they're going to Harvard, and he mentions he's going to be you, and you can tell he's kind of hating on him a little bit. But they're also rubbing in his fucking face. Um, mm-hmm. But they all end up on the East Coast, basically. So there are other people who know Mark, who now he has to deal with the fact that they're, like, moving in similar circles and, like... They run into each other at like the library and things like that. And he's now pretending to be a blind and like deaf black man at one point in the movie, which is a whole other messy. I didn't have the capacity to come up with the words to figure out how to even talk about that experience because I was like, what the fuck are you fucking doing? Because he's hanging out with like his friend Gordon who he came here with and like, but he obviously for everybody, I guess, is is coded as black, even though he looks like, I don't even know what, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, like I said. Um, it's giving half shell. Um, and he runs into these two, and he obviously he is who he is. And I thought he was going to just sort of like, because they're walking away, and then these two sort of walk up behind them, and he tucks his head into his shirt or his jacket. And at first I thought, oh, he's just going to run away really quickly, like scurry away. Right. But instead, he turns around, he puts his his uh, Ray-Bans on, and he turns around, and he starts doing this, like, this, like, th- th- I think what he was going for, and it, it we're just going to say it, I think what he was we're going for, and I, and it's, and it wasn't successful. No. I don't know how you do this successfully. He was, he was, like, cosplaying as, like, Stevie Wonder, is what he was doing. Right. And, like, he was doing this, like, head, so this sort of, like, head movement back and forth. Offensive. Sometimes you, when you watch Stevie Wonder performances, sometimes when he's caught up in the music as he's like playing the piano and like, you know, giving us some of the most incredible music uh, known to man, he like gets caught up in it and like he sort of sways back and forth. But he's doing this just like standing in this sort of like corridor. And these two people who know Mark are like being introduced to him and he's got these sunglasses on. And then he decides he's not going to talk and he decides he's just going to have these glasses on and they're both trying to figure out what's going on. It's just an offensive scene. It's like, He's this black man who I guess can't speak and can't, it just, it's fucking weird. So this is the scene that was, I think they thought was funny. All the white people in the room together who are creating this were like, this, this is good. This is art. Um, so instead of just leaving, I thought he was just going to run away, but he stays there and he does That would have been a preferable thing because this is, you know, I I mean, it's so, so fucking offensive, particularly because you know he's, like, mocking Stevie Wonder. Oh, for sure. Incredible cultural icon who's given us so much, and you sit here and you um, distill him down to his, like, disability, which is the fact that he's blind, and use that as like some funny scene and also because he's black and you're in blackface that was what you thought there's no connection like i don't fucking understand what the fucking connection was it it, it didn't make any sense it was just like a weird choice and like it's odd and 
it's awful. And I and the part of why I brought it up was just because these two characters, their goal isn't to like figure out who Mark is, but they're no. walking through like the halls of like Harvard and they see a placard on the wall. And this is kind of when he's outed because his name is listed on the plaque as the 1985 recipient of the scholarship. It's a plaque Mm -hmm. with black students who have received the scholarship's names on it. And so it's like, and it's like first, middle and last. So it's like how far I, we were watching the movie and they were at this like mixer at the beginning of the movie where he meets Sarah, the Radon Chong character. Um, And I said to Dave, I was like, what's the long game here? Because, yeah, you, like you said, impossible. being a going to universities like this, a part of what makes them so um, so sought after is the connections that you get as a result of having attended them. These are connections that carry you yes. through for the rest of your life, and mm-hmm. they are you are now a part of a very elite club, and it gets you access to spaces and to events and to clients and all sorts of things. And it's like, yeah, people are gonna remember having gone to school with a mark. And they're going to have a Mark Watson and they're going to have remembered him being black because he would have been the only black person in their class. So like it's and he looks like you. He just doesn't have your skin is just darker. So like this is going to come up forever. Like you're going to be at like like law conferences and shit. And people are going to be like, oh, there's another Harvard alum because it's not just the people that you graduate with. It's the people that graduate in the years above you and the years below you. Like everybody knows everybody. This is a very small club. So it's like you really thought that you were going to be able to go to this university for three or four years as a pose as a black person for three or four years, then go into the world, let your skin de black, turn back into your, your white unmelanated self, and then just go into the world. And you weren't going to run into like a judge who maybe like went to school with you or something. And people weren't going to be like, why do you look so fucking different? Like, <laughs> what was your long game plan? Because you can't maintain this forever. So it's like, it just, it was so like ill-conceived. It made no yeah. sense to me. It's like, it's school. it doesn't just end when school ends. This is a lifelong endeavor. Like It's wild. It's it just, wild. It's crazy. And you also take class photos and you take, gr- you like, there's photos of group outings and things. It's like, there will be evidence and of what you yearbooks. did. yearbooks. Like, there are yearbooks. Are there yearbooks in grad school? I don't know. but <laughs> I don't know if there are yearbooks, but you're you're going to be a newspaper article. Like, they, they, they right. post, there's like, you know, there's Harvard Gazette or whatever the fuck it's called. It's got, it's got some name, like the local, like, Harvard newspaper. Every school has, like, a newspaper yeah. where, like, events get posted and, like, all sorts of things. It's just a, and you're, it's, and it's silly. Just, it's just, it, there's no long-term plan. He entered into something he was completely unprepared to, like, maintain. And, like, you can't even face your parents. You know what I mean? You Forget going back. You know what I mean? Like, and he has to face his parents later and admit all of it. But it's like, you, you can't go, again, because they're trying to gaslight and just thinking this isn't makeup. It's like, these pills or whatever it's like you can't just like go home for holidays and stuff like that you know what i mean like it's just because you are literally in blackface all the time and you can't wipe it away you know also rich people like this i'm sorry to keep harping on it i know it's a stupid fucking thing but also rich people like this move in very specific circles and like it is very likely that you went to preparatory school or you went to summer camp with some of Mm -hmm. these people that who are literally the same age as you since you all went to school together you're gonna cross paths with people who are like oh my god his middle name on that plaque was like pewter or some shit it was like mark pewter or pewvie or something it was a very specific stupid fucking middle name so it's like people are gonna be like oh my god that's mark p watson like i know his parents they're 
you know, right. the, the Los Angeles Watsons or whatever the fuck. But I'm just saying, like, everybody knows everybody. So it's, like, crazy. You didn't, like, go to, like, another <laughs> country where you're going to have no. to pretend to be a race for, like, a couple years. And then you'll slip back into America and move back through society and anonymity. Like Even you, still. Like, <laughs> even still, the possibility exists. But it's, like, yeah. yeah, babe, you're not you're not in, like, some sort of, like, vacuum. Like, you have to answer to the world around you. You're, like, and, like, there's a spotlight on you because you're at a very elite institution. Like it just, it makes no sense at all. It's so wild. So stupid. Um, Sorry. We really harped on that, but we covered a lot and actually covered, uh, I think I covered another one of my love. in that conversation as well. Um, <laughs> what is uh that was yours actually, Jane. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, no, 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 that's okay. What's, what's you, yours? Um, or- The, okay. The next. Yeah. I mean, I guess spoiler alert as we move, um, well, the, okay, so th- this I do want to talk about casting really quickly. Okay. Just a couple of casting points. So I mm-hmm. think it's really funny. I saw that like the list of people that turned down this movie and must have all just been thinking like, oh, <gasps> thank God. Thank um, God, who turned it down? Okay, so I saw that Anthony Michael Hall turned it down. Wow, that's uh, surprising given his <laughs> his other performance in Weird Science. Yeah, but, he was like, know. I'm the blueprint. I know why y'all are, I know what y'all are trying to do <laughs> here. Um Tim Robbins apparently actually signed on to do the movie. No. And was saved by a movie Susan I also Sarandon, really wanted. I hope. <laughs> no, a movie I really want to do on the podcast, and we will, but I haven't done it yet. But another, like, a really big flop, Howard the Duck. Production <gasps> oh, yeah, production yeah. for Howard the Duck went over. And He's as a result, so Tim Robbins wasn't able to do this movie. So... <laughs> I mean, it's not like Howard the Duck was a big W, but No, but I'd rather have that in my filmography <laughs> than, than, this. Uh, than this. Anthony Edwards turned it down. John Cusack turned it down. Val Kilmer <sighs> turned it down. Oh, my so, God. So, lots of actors also... Did you know that Ronald Reagan's son was in this movie? Yes, I saw that. He's like one of the friends who keeps telling racist jokes, right? No, he's one of the, I think he's one of the guys. So there's an awful racist fucking scene in this movie, shocker, where I can just say a scene in this movie at this point. (laughs) There's a scene in the movie where uh, the Gordon and our Mark, our, our hero, in blackface, um, the two of them go to like what seems to be some sort of basketball scrimmage or whatever. I don't fucking know. But it's a group of like <laughs> players from Harvard that are playing basketball and they go to the gymnasium and they both are there and they're trying to get assigned to a team. And there's these two guys who I guess are the captains of the team who are signing up players. And they see Mark, who appears to be black, I guess, by all these white people's estimations. And so they want <laughs> both of them want him on their team because he's black. And so there's a scene where they're fighting for him and then what, and they're going back and forth on who gets him and who gets Gordon, the white guy. And they're like, no, I want him. No, I want him. And then one of them says, you got Leon already. The other, the only other black person, we never meet Leon. He's just a body that is like playing on the team. And he says, you got Leon. You don't get both of them. It's a wild conversation. And then finding out that Ron Reagan uh, son of then president. So like, Mm -hmm. so that uh, president at the time, which means that his parents probably had to give the okay on him doing this and they saw this script and they were like this lines up we got a bunch of horrible fucking policies to fucking all yeah no like there's so much fucked up shit ronald reagan ronald reagan is mostly responsible for everything horrible that's happening in this country today you (laughs) you take a look at some of our fucked up policies that we have and Mm -hmm. you'll realize that so much of this shit goes back to ronald reagan and his reaganomics bullshit and you know 
oh, it's horrible. Not to mention them just like standing by and watching all those people die during. Oh God, I can't even fucking during the AIDS crisis. Yeah, yeah. Oh I mean, he's, he. I mean, he is. He's down below us. Let me fucking tell you, with blood all over. Yeah, his hands. and superhead Nancy Reagan. Too busy yeah. giving brain. <laughs> Pay attention to what's going on. Um, but but yeah. So I can't even. But I was like, of course y'all were in the mix. Of course you went to see the okay. film, and apparently, <laughs> apparently they really liked it. Of course they no did. No shit. No fucking of shit. They did. This is this. Okay. Earlier we were like, who is this for? It's for fucking people like Reagan and his family. Yeah. Everything's fixed now. <laughs> Give me some brain. Done. <laughs> I want that dome, Nance. <clears throat> um, but yeah. So, uh, so that uh, <laughs> we're just ripping this fucking movie apart. So. I mean, look, we so went into to. this. We can't. We there was no way we weren't going to go into this. Absolutely fucking destroying this movie. So I true. mean. It's just, you know, if you are this far in the podcast right now and you were like, I wonder if they have something good to say. Spoiler alert. We fucking don't. And I can't apologize for that. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. OK, so, Jane, what is your next love? OK, <laughs> so. It's interesting because this like further pushes the narrative that I feel like a lot of people who um are racist <laughs> um, like like try like okay so the only way like that people who don't understand like a marginalized group let's say the black community or whatever um like i feel like when those groups are trying to talk to each other it's like and let's just say this white group is like, oh, I'm going to show what it's like, how the world is different for Black Americans, right? And mm-hmm. so the only way that that happens is the only way that they feel like they can appeal, I guess, is like showing like the only way that people seem to find empathy through for marginalized groups is like to show it through the white lens as opposed to having people tell their own stories Mm. and i just feel like that happens so much even today where it's like we don't give we don't give people the chance to tell their own stories and the way that like these quote-unquote well-intentioned whites who made this movie like i feel like i feel like with this movie they're telling us that like it takes a white man in blackface to humanize the black american experience does that make sense that's like what we're being told and it's so fucking infuriating and and upsetting because it's almost like we want to help people understand, but but you aren't still aren't allowed to tell your own stories, but we're going to do it and we're going to do it through the lens of a white person to appeal to people. And it ends up not doing anything. So that that's that's like what my experience with this is like. What, why are you trying to make because we talked earlier about how this movie is more well-intentioned than I thought it was going to be they're trying to make all these points but 
they fall short in every single way because again they because again they're so steeped in their own white supremacy that they feel like they have to tell this story does that make sense oh absolutely and the reason why there are no black people is probably just because they didn't want to have to be accountable and they didn't want to have to be they wanted to be willfully ignorant and they didn't want Mm -hmm. somebody on set to be like wait that's wild and right. uh I, I it, it just it, it's crazy and also the fact that like i think it's really interesting that like he like he falls for like the ray don chong character this black woman like so quickly yeah and like on first meeting mm-hmm. and it was like where's this coming from mm-hmm. like you're like this white dude from like california and like we don't like we don't talk about it at all he just like he meets this like black woman and then he's like I think I'm in love. And it's like, do you like, like, like what's you going don't even on? You know her. You don't even know anything about her. It just happened instantly. Like, and she rebuffs yeah. his advances at first. And it's just like, he instantly, he's like, he goes home to his roommate. And he's like, I think I just fell in love. And I'm like, what? It all just happened so fast. And it's like, right. Once again, like, how did we get here? And it's really like random. It's just like, yeah. I feel like, and I feel like what they, what they really want, like what you were saying, Jane, is for this character as he experiences like barely, by the way, barely discrimination. But as he experiences yeah. these moments, you see like these you see his eyes like start to get big and he's like, oh, oh, this is what it this is what it's like. What the heck? Oh, goodness. This is so weird to move through this world without my privilege, even though it's like everybody knows you're a fucking white guy in blackface, but go off. Yeah. And people are just like, <laughs> go easy on him. But yeah, it's it's absolute fucking nonsense. And you're 100% right that it's like, who's this for? And also, like, it seems like it's just for the people who made it. Um, right. It's like it's like for them to be in to be proud of themselves for advocating for. But it's like it's not even that. It's like, see, we're good whites. But it's like, no, you're fucking not. You're actually like worse than like I could like. It's just stereotype. It's just all this movie is just stereotypes like stacked on top of each other. There's an awful fucking scene where like we have Leslie Nielsen randomly in this movie too, um, playing a racist dad, and Mm -hmm. um, he's like, there's a scene where our Mark character um, ends up having sex. Uh, Also, that yeah, there's a whole subplot. He ends up like having sex with like her name's Whitney Dunbar, Melora Hardin, who I you probably know from playing Jan on The Office. Yes. Um, she's the daughter of Leslie Nielsen's character and she lives in the same apartment building as Mark and Gordon, his roommate. And there's like a scene, they have sex and then we find out that she's at, he's like an experiment for her. Like she just wants to have sex. She's just, she's obsessed with like, she's this exoticism that she's sort of like framed in her mind around the other, like phenotypical others. Like she's Mm -hmm. like, she wants to be with him. We see at the end of the movie that she's trying to like have sex with this like indigenous person at one point like she's like she's just fetishizing like people that are different than her but he ends up going to like her parents home for dinner and it's a series of like racial stereotypes being sort of like explored in this movie like the dad is having like these like these images these fantastical images of like what his daughter's future is and like one of them is like you know mark in his black face dressed like a pimp and then his daughter like barefoot and pregnant and him making her go to the kitchen to get him watermelon and like we just see all of this from the dad's pers- perspective as he's frothing at the mouth thinking about his daughter's lily white flesh um being consumed by this black man um 
but it's like a lot of that but it's like all of this is just the but this is all just the voice and the perspective of like white this is like white people talking to white people about racism but about but, racism but but being but doing a racist (laughs) yeah but doing it racistly doing doing (laughs) making a racism while trying to talk about talk to white people about racism it's so weird it's the thing is it's really fucking weird the thing is a lot of stuff is just presented but not interrogated it's like to what end like a lot of things are just like ideas that they had because i think they thought they would make for provocative tableaus but i don't think that like the there was ever like like why are we doing this though like no one's right. ever like why are we doing this scene though because i don't think anybody knew i think oh we think it'll be funny and it'll be edgy and it's almost like they saw like some of the it's like they saw some of the like really funny satirical work that like keenan ivory wayans was doing around this time like and i'm gonna get you sucka or something yeah. like that where he's sort of spoofs robert townsend did a lot of it too Mm-hmm. Um, they're black creatives who were sort of spoofing the black experience. We see it later with the Wayans brothers and like, don't, you know, um, don't be a menace in South Central while drinking your juice mm-hmm. in the hood. Like, it's something that black comedians and performers do. But it's... You don't have, you are not allowed to step into a culture. And yeah, that's the you thing. And it's almost like, why can't we also like make money off of this is what it feels like to yes, me. Yes, 100%. Um, so yeah, so, so that's, so I, I said I wanted to say there. My yeah. my uh next love it was that like, so this whole the whole idea of this scholarship. So we've got this scholarship that he receives. Mm-hmm. And what we find out when he tells his friend, because they're looking for scholarship, him and Gordon, when they're both still in their full capacity back in Los Angeles, they're like, what can I do? What can I do? They stumble upon this scholarship. And then he decides he's going to go for it. And he's been taking these pills. It's like, and when I tell y'all, this happens so fast. Like, he starts taking these fucking pills. Like, we don't even see how he... We don't even see him. It's just one scene he is... One one scene later, he is in blackface. And you're like, That's it. We don't see, like, the wheels turning. We don't see, like, him beginning a process. And they honestly probably... I wouldn't be surprised if they shot some stuff. And then they were like, we're going to cut it. Um, (laughs) Of him trying different ways to make himself black. And then opting for these pills. We find out at the beginning of the movie that they have a friend who's like kind of like a beach bum stoner type and he is a phd student who's working he's he mentions that he's working um on like a suntan uh lotion i think is what he says um that's part of what his phd it's is on the sun tanning pills yeah it's like he's, he's working these sun tanning pills that he's developing mm-hmm. and so we're supposed to sort of we see him in one scene at the beginning of the movie and then like this guy's in blackface like 20 minutes later we never see that guy again so it's not even a scene of him like going to this buddy of his and being like hey like how do i get in on or anything we literally we just like mrs doubtfire makeover we don't get anything <laughs> we just we harvey fire scenes nowhere to be seen you we know, don't get anything we just <laughs> get him we just get him being like oh maybe i'll do this and then the next scene he's black in his mm-hmm. mind so it cu- it happens so quickly, but they're having a conversation about the whole scholarship thing. And Gordon says to him, you took that scholarship away from like a deserving like black person though. Yeah. And then he says, no, 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 no. Like I, I think he says, I'm the only person from Los Angeles. Right. He says, is that what no, it was? He goes, I looked into it, which I'm like, how, how, and he said that there was only four people in the state of California that got into Harvard. One, one guy was black and he decided to go to Stanford law school instead. 
So he was the only one in Los, Los Angeles County that got in that was black. And so he didn't, quote unquote, need the scholarship because he was going to Stanford. In reality, well, sorry, you you fit that. that was no, my point. Bad. My point was just I don't believe like there was only one black person in all of Los Angeles that got into Harvard in Los all Angeles of Los Angeles. Fucking huge. Los Angeles is huge. I, mean, I don't know. I know that was just of, crazy. I don't know. A lot of people don't like don't get into Harvard Law School each year. I don't know what I, I. I guess I don't know how big each class is each year, but I don't know. There's like a lot of prestigious schools as well in California, so I, I don't know. It just seemed it seemed small, but I really don't know how that works to be honest. I don't either. I, I just find I don't, it kind of crazy know it's to believe gonna be that like a surprise to our listeners, but I didn't get into Harvard Law School. Yeah, and and we also find out later on that when he finds out basically because the girl Sarah that he falls in love with or whatever, she also apparently applied for the scholarship and then didn't get the scholarship because someone in Los Angeles got it and she realizes that it's him. You're the yeah. one who got that one scholarship. And he's feeling all this guilt all of a sudden because he can put a face to the person that he's like victimized, stolen from. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like, oh, now you're real. Like, yeah. He thought in his mind, he thought that like if no one got it, the scholarship just sort of sat there, and he didn't realize that it that it then moved beyond that one county to other yeah. like counties because she was and, from San Diego. Yeah. So, and, and uh, if it didn't go in Los Angeles, then it would go further, and she missed out on it. And it's like. It's just, it's this thing where I remember this very specific story or, and this has happened with a lot of politicians, but I think like, I think it was Dick Cheney, whereas like he was, or maybe it wasn't Dick Cheney. I don't remember. But it was somebody who was like very anti-gay marriage until their child came out as a lesbian. And then they completely changed their stance. It's like, why do you have to know somebody personally? To make to it, not, yeah, for it to be humanized to, for you. Yeah. Exactly. Why can't you just understand and listen to people you may not know or have a familial or personal connection with and hear them? Like, why is that so hard for people? And it's so narcissistic, too, because all that really, because before that, you had attributed, like, you'd attributed to bad parenting and you decided that these people were degenerates. And yes. In, in order for that line of thinking to to be true, like you would have to admit or you would have to feel like you had failed your child in some way. And exactly. your refusal to do that is the only thing. Yeah, no, I'm a good person. Yeah, yeah that's the only thing oh, that's that, that crazy. Actually... I guess I guess I guess it isn't a choice. <laughs> yeah, no, no. We raised we raised we raised our kids good. Not like these other people. <laughs> Two parent household. It's like that thing when people are like, oh, it's because there's no father in the household. That's why he's gay. It's like as as we continue to watch like gay people being brought up in two parent households and like straight people being brought up in single, it makes no sense. It's like the the shit is so wild. It's like what are yeah. you saying? Stop, stop and think. Um, but yeah, so so that whole thing with the Scott, it's just it's so weird. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, maybe this was bad what I did because I know the girl who's supposed to get the scholarship. <laughs> Yeah, it's so fucking stupid. And, and it would have been just as horrible if you didn't know her. It's just like it's so bad. And then there's like mm-hmm. then there's like a gag scene where like Gordon like there's a group there's a black student union like meeting where like the group oh, of black students are like yes. meeting. The only time we see like other black students really in the movie, and Gordon makes they a don't comment say anything. 
No, they don't speak. But Gordon Great. makes a comment that they're militant. And so he dresses like a Black Panther to go to the uh, meeting. It, it's, just, it's just, it's so weird. It's like these it's Black people so are just, like, Black people in this movie are just here for like things to be sort of like thrust upon Accessories. Them. Yeah. yeah, they're just accessories in this story. It's not actually a story about yeah. black people. Um, and he also, anytime there's a black person around, he tries to, they 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 were clear to try and keep him a little bit further away. Yeah, exactly. Because the math isn't fucking mathing. <laughs> when you stand him next to an actual black person, he looks fucking insane. And it's every single time it's given turtles mm-hmm. in a half shell. And <laughs> they did the best that they could. Because I was like, what the, f- when the Leonardo is going on? Oh, God. Did um did you have any more love it, Shane? No, I'm happy to move on to the loathits. Whatever you slip are, right, let's slip right into the in the uh, loathits. Okay, um, my first loathit point is when he is finally going to take responsibility for what he's done and tell everybody that he is a white guy in blackface. He can't. He doesn't do it the way that he should which is with extreme like humbleness like like just absolutely embarrassed wanting to keep it quiet like no he does this insane dog and pony show where he invites everyone to the classroom with james earl jones and then he has his roommate give it this whole speech about blah 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 you know obviously wanting to make him look as good as possible and the reason why he was doing it because he didn't want to miss out on the incredible education and blah blah blah. and he and then he like walks in as a white guy like he has to do this big fucking reveal and it's still like he you know he's trying to look sad and remorseful and he it's just you know it it looks like he is again making a big show all around himself about how he stole um money and admission from or stole money from the black community at his school oh yeah it's so fucking stupid it's like this whole it's this whole scene everybody's been called in and it's just for him to reveal um the fact that he's actually white um, and he can't go he quietly. He's, you know, he has to loudly admit his wrongdoing and like publicly be like, you know, look, my hands were tied. And it's like, yeah, which should it? have been a letter uh, before yeah. he went into hiding. But no, he's exactly. And all his uh, caucasity. Um, <laughs> it's really. And, and also, it's funny to me, too, because earlier in the movie, there's a scene he we told we already mentioned how much I hated how he just goes in this classroom and just blows it off. And then Harvard. And yep. goes in his classroom without doing anything. And then, like, there's a scene where he's, like, pouring over books and, like, really trying to, like, put the pieces together to get this uh, paper written for James Earl Jones. And James Earl Jones later on in the movie is like, hey, he's like, I want you to be on this board of, black, like, of students. Like, there's a spot. It was occupied by a black student. Um, he's going abroad. Like, I really want you to occupy it, the space. And he says to him, and you, everything, you, you've really been, like, improving. Like, you're writing and stuff. And it's like... I don't know why. I was just like, why are you like, why do you have to get better? Why weren't you good when you got here? Like, were you, (laughs) what? Like, it's like this, like, I don't know. It's like giving like. Not not to play Debbie's ad, but I do feel like when you enter law school, you have no idea what you're doing, even though you've worked very hard to get there. It's like, 
from what I hear from people who have been to law school, it's like it takes them adjusting to figure out how to write as a law student, how to, you know, write about Maybe cases that's what in you meant. Way. I just, I, I don't just know. Like, I was like, what are you doing? Like, look, how, did I'm you just offering... get here being mediocre, even though I know you did? <laughs> I'm sure, of course he did of course he did. i'm not offering any grace no to, you did <laughs> to our um our main character like he, he does not deserve any of this not even the praise from his teacher about how it's getting better my first loathe it only have mm-hmm. a couple you've heard them mm-hmm. all this isn't really like i don't know how to phrase this um I was raised by a single mother. I have nothing but the utmost respect for single mothers. I Mm -hmm. I love them. Single black mothers, especially. I think it's funny that the only like black woman in the movie though, has to be a single black mother. That is absolutely one of my Lilith's too. It's like, she couldn't just be a black woman. She had to be a black single mother. You know what I mean? It was like, again, yeah, no disrespect. No, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just interesting that like, she it's saying has something. to it's, yeah no it's saying it something just, they don't need to say it also feels weird it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it makes sense with this character we see that she's yeah. like really devoted to her studying and she's this very studious student and then all of a sudden in the middle of the movie she's working as a lunch lady at like the school cafeteria and she's got like a five or a, like six or seven year old child she looks way too he's young like four he's like he's like Four, oh, five, you think maybe. four? Okay. He just was like, it was like a, it was like a child that was old enough that like he had dialogue and exchanges in the scene right, right. with adorable little boy. He has a, his dialogue and exchanges with the. He was the, so, he's so cute. cute. With like, the Mark, one of character. the cutest baby actors I've seen in a oh, while. Oh, he's adorable. Yeah, he has like the, he has this like back and forth with like the Mark character, and. It's just like, wait, that's a big ass kid. Like she's like, <laughs> I think Ray Dawn. I think she was like twenty two or 23 like it's like the numbers don't even make sense and then it's yeah. like she was married before this and she's like divorced now it's That's just like it's the thing they added I, all this shit on it's like yeah it didn't make just, sense to me that she was married like i could wrap my head around the fact that she maybe had a kid when she was maybe. young yeah. i mean look it's happened but i also am like sure. You know, this is again the math ain't math, and for this character and this person to be in this position, probably not. Again, not saying it doesn't happen, but it's just like they couldn't stop with every fucking stereotype they could find about the black. That's community. the thing. It was like yeah. they just decided, and this is probably why yeah. Reagan was. Well, we all know his theory on the welfare queens. You can Google yeah. that if you want to. If you want to have a really fun read. Um, yeah. but it's Look just, it I'm up. sure he's watching. He's like, this is how it is. This yep. is what happens. <laughs> They're all sucking off the system, and it's like, okay, they're fucking struggling to fucking survive but okay <laughs> yeah look at brain from your wife so um yeah <laughs> did you have any more low this chain yeah let me see um oh <laughs> well i will say that because we've talked about a lot of, I, this is my final one he got everything and didn't lose a single thing and still got the girl at the end he lost nothing and it infuriated me and the fucking audacity where it's like he gets to stay at harvard he has to do some volunteering and like pay back the fucking money that he got from the um from the uh scholarship directly to sarah but like the audacity of after getting all of that back 
despite what he did, he still had the fucking gall to go after Sarah and got in like get back with her in the end. It was just disgusting. It was disgusting. I hated that he got everything. That was my last loaded as well. Yeah. Was that okay. he literally <laughs> he he has there are no repercussions for him. He suffered besides no losses. some like some volunteer work. His dad also ends up ultimately he says, Oh, my dad's gonna make me pay him back, but his dad gives him the money to go to Harvard. Yeah. He gets the girl. Like they don't like she is given no complexity as a character at all. No. Like there's no there's no moment where it's like you deceived me like in such a profound way. Mm-hmm. Like you tricked me. You did so in blackface. You think that I'm going to allow you to like be a part of my life and like like occupy spaces with me and my child? Right. She just like you're a he, terrifying he person. It's just scary what you didn't know. She's just yeah. like, okay. And like, she takes him in. Her child loves him. He's still at the school. Even Harvard wasn't like, we just are going to distance ourselves from you. We I have mean, a feeling that if you were willing to do this, there may be other things in your past or things to come in the future that we don't want to be associated with as a university. No, he just stays. He stays at school. He gets the girl. Life just moves fucking on for this guy. And it is just like, what? That's the lesson? It's horrible and you know one of the fucking most annoying things about this movie for me on a personal level is it was filmed all around my hometown this is like my stomping ground and like there were they were driving all around harvard square i mean i grew up outside of harvard square all these side streets he's on i couldn't enjoy the capturing of my hometown in the 80s and seeing it in that like from that angle i couldn't enjoy that because of all this fucking bullshit so fuck you, soul man. <laughs> and on that note, we are going to wrap up our coverage of 1986's Soul Man. Jane, I have two questions for you. Sure. Mm-hmm. My first question is, would you watch this movie again? No, I would not watch this movie again. It was a okay. horrible experience. <laughs> and uh, available for rent, by the way. This wasn't like, oh, how shameful. The studios buried it. We're going to have to go searching for it. They were like, baby. If you got the green, if you got three dollars, this is yours. We got a little ditty about blackface for you. I was saying this to Tara because we had talked about how difficult it was to find the swan and how they were burying that show because they didn't want anyone to know about our shameless shame, our shameful history when it comes to talking about women and the way that they look. And I was like, I can't believe it's so easy to find this movie and anywhere you want to watch it, baby. Anywhere you want it, anywhere you want to watch it. And Tara's like, well, I mean, you know, she was like, I mean, I don't think they should hide it. We should know that this kind of thing was made. And I was like, I mean, of course you and I do. Like, I imagine the people who made it would want it. It's a blemish, baby. It's a blemish on everybody's (laughs) reputations. And listen to the two stars of it, like, explain away this bullshit movie that they made. But you look at their filmography and you see they need it to mean something. Anyway, um, so, Jane, I have one more question for you. Yes. Would you Mm -hmm. maybe have a Mm -hmm. movie that you wanted me to watch for next week? I do. And I'm actually oscillating between two. This is the first <gasps> time. Are you going to pick? This is the first time that I've ever done this to you. You've done this to me oh a my couple God. of times. I'm so fucking excited. I will say they're sort of similar genre-wise, but I can't choose which one I want to do first. Classic porn? 
like 70s era? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Debbie does Dallas it is. So do you want to choose or do you think yes. I should just... No, oh, I want to okay. choose. Okay. So we have um, on one side of, the, of, of our hand, uh, one, one side of the coin, excuse me, we have a movie that I've been wanting to since the start of this podcast. <gasps> and it is called... And it's also starring the person we have featured the most on this podcast. Nikki? Nikki Kedji, baby. And it is called National Treasure. Okay. And on the other hand, we have um, a movie that I've been wanting to do for a while, um, which I'm sure you can guess. It's, you know, continuing on with our favorite franchise here. It is Fast Five. And... I want you to keep in mind when you're choosing that this is Roxanne Gay's favorite of the Fast and Furious franchise, of which she is a huge fan. So I'm really excited to do Fast Five, but we can save it. We're going to get to both if you'd rather do a Nikki Cage National Treasure moment. It's up to you. Fuck. Mm. That's really hard. Mm-hmm. As you can see, I'm struggling. Oof. Mm. It's hard because it's hard because Fast and the Furious. That's that's literally family for us. I know. The podcast. We, I know. I'm really curious about National Treasure though, and Fast and the Furious Me is going to be coming my way pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I do love a Fast and the Furious moment though. I know. So good. I'm going to go with National Treasure. National Treasure. I know. That's what I know it is. nothing. No taxi backsies. No, no. Treasure. I know nothing about it. I am. Mm-hmm. I am very intrigued. I have never seen National Treasure either, so this is going to be new for both of us. Yeah. All right. So, I like that. We were two, two in a row. Mm-hmm. Two, Do you think we're going to need Nicolas Cage in blackface? I certainly hope not. I feel like we would have heard of it. Probably save that for the Halloween party, Julian Hope. But yeah, I'm sure. But we'll find out. You know, we'll okay. find out next week. Um, Ooh. thank you, Brand, for um doing this with me weekend week out. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I have really enjoyed our coverage of one of the most horrifically offensive movies I've ever seen in my life, Soul Man. But it's as always, it's a pleasure to talk about anything with you. And so this was also a pleasure to talk about. I loved it. And air our frustrations. Didn't love the movie. Didn't love the movie, but I love being, you know, in community Mm -hmm. with you. Always, always. And I want to thank our listeners. Um, everyone who has made it this far. We hope you enjoyed us screaming about this just movie. yelling at each other just yelling I mean, they're all hating. probably like oh, fucking bleeding heart liberals i know they're probably very exhausted with us but we make no apologies you know what um we we hope that it, you know you we gotta stand by it um uh, we hope you made it this far if not you know check us out the next at the next one um and Check us out during the week. You know, we are there. We're we're here. We're queer. And we are on social media. And you can find us at Movies We Missed on Facebook, on Instagram, and on threads. Um, so hit us up there. And we cannot wait to see you next week for 2004's National Treasure. Bye. 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 Bye.